This week's Oxcast, your weekly roundup for the best events happening in and around Oxford. Today's date is Wednesday, the 17th of February, and I'm here with Jen and Orla. So, Orla, what have you got for us this week? I'm going to be talking about lots of awards worthy cinema and some classical music that you can get involved with. Lovely. Jen? I've got uh, a board game, which is both physical and electronic, mm. uh, King Lear in the Bookshop, and three ballets. Wow. <laughs> what about you, Katie? Um, I've got a party with the Animal Kingdom, a sausage and beer festival, and a secret history. Jen, you're kicking us off for this week with an event testing board games. Yes, uh, the, uh, there's a new board game called Fabulous Beasts, uh, and the makers of it, who are called Sensible Object, <laughs> nice name, um, they are bringing their board game to various different places. So today they have been all day at the Story Museum, and tonight they are heading to Thirsty Meeples, which I guess is the obvious place to test board games in Oxford. Uh, so this game consists of an electronic base and then some beautifully sort of geometric animals. And I think the artwork was based originally on origami, so it's got quite a lot of corners and, and sort of foldy-looking bits. Um, and the idea is to stack them on a, a base... Um, and at the same time the game plays on an iPad so each time you successfully stack an animal you'll evolve part of the world to go with it and uh, everything sort of changes colour cool. So do they all have chips in them so you don't have to sort of enter in what animal you've just stacked it just does it all automatically? Yeah, the base has yeah. a little sort of reader on the front so you, uh, it, I think it tells you what animal but I'm not entirely sure I'm hoping to go and play this later <laughs> on, no. um, so I think you, you put the animal up to the base so that it knows what you're adding and then you have to balance it on top. Um, and the game ends when the tower falls over. So uh, mm. it's a cooperative game, which is quite nice. Um, and it's one to five players who are playing the sort of gods who are in control <laughs> of this world. And, yeah, so it knows each time you've successfully added an animal. And uh, sometimes you can crossbreed them. So if you add your mm. shark and your eagle, you can get this sort of <laughs> she-gull <Sheagle>. thing. <laughs> Brightly coloured feathers. And these events are free with the entry to the, the appropriate uh, venue. So Thirsty Meeples has a cover charge of £6 or £5 for children, or if you're eating, £4.50 or £3.50 for children. And the idea is to meet the makers, and the makers are touring board game at the moment because they've got a Kickstarter campaign, and that's uh, finishing next Thursday. So if you're not listening to this on Wednesday the 17th and you really like the look of the game or the sound of the game, then have a look at their Kickstarter page. It's reminding me of in Aladdin, Disney's Aladdin, when the emperor stacks all his toy animals. <laughs> <laughs> That's what's come to mind for me. Maybe it was their inspiration. Yeah, maybe. I think it's uh, apparently inspiration, um, according to their website, was from stacking firewood at a campfire, which mm, I think yeah. is a wonderfully hipster idea, <laughs> uh, but quite a practical one. <laughs> so uh, that's taking place tonight, Thirsty Meeple, 7 till 11. Uh, meet the makers, handle the animals, get a feel for the game. Sounds a bit like your event uh, party and game party and animal world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This event, which is being put on by the Berkshire, Buckinghamshire and Oxfordshire Wildlife Trust, is a essentially a New Year's Eve party for animals. It sounds like a lot of fun. It's been happening all this week at Sutton Courtney, and I managed to speak to Kerry, the educational manager, to find out about how they're celebrating. 
Well, we have got three days of events at Sutton Courtney and we're having a party. We're celebrating the new year. I gave up years ago having New Year's resolutions in January because it's it's not New Year for winter. It's dark and it's cold and lots of things are hibernating or dormant. But by this time of year, nature's starting to wake up. I think it's a much better time to really get out there, make a commitment that you're going to do something fun outdoors. Um, so we're having a party to celebrate. We're going to be playing party games. We're going to be making party hats. Um, we've got some animal sounds that we're going to be listening to, some animal dances that we're going to be doing. Um, so we're really thinking about what nature does at this time of year. So we're particularly thinking about animals waking up and or starting to find the mates So the various things that they do to show off. So displaying their feathers, which is why we're going to be making some lovely feather headdresses, um, doing display dances, meeting a mate, starting to make nests and to, to lay eggs to have young, um, depending on the different animals. So that's our plan for the three days. We're going to be open on the Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday of half term from 10 till 3. You don't need to book for our events. You can just turn up. And the activities are suitable for primary school age children. So bring the whole family. You're welcome to stay all day. You're welcome to bring a picnic and just come and really enjoy being outside this half term. Listen to the full interview to find out how you can help wildlife in your area, how you can get involved with the Wildlife Trust and to find out more about the decline of the waterfowl in the UK. Do you have any fun waterfowl facts for us? Uh, their poos are about the same size and shape as guinea pig poos. That's about <laughs> what I've got. <laughs> Well, you can go and play at being a waterfowl story yeah. museum, as we were talking about yes. last week, of course. <laughs> the waterfowl is what ratty in Wind of the Willows yes. is, because mm. they're also water rats, but waterfowl is obviously a much nicer name than water yeah. rats. So they, they do look, like disease they look like rats, though. Yeah. They're quite gross. <laughs> they I know they're endangered, but... but... Well, there were some who lived very near us on the canal and they were actually really sweet and mostly what you hear is just a giant splash and it sounds like a splash of a, an animal about the size of a cow. I don't know how they make such a big noise. That's what Kerry was saying the same, how she hasn't really seen any in Sutton Courtney but she has heard the plop. You know when they're walking through the rushes as well because again, oh. they sound huge. <laughs> Just 11 days until the Oscars now. I'm sure lots of people are getting pretty excited about it. I've been trying to watch as many of the Oscar-nominated films before the awards season, but it's always really difficult to get hold of the short films. But in Abingdon tomorrow night, the ABCD uh, Film Society are going to be screening all of the short animations that are nominated at this year's Oscars, which is really exciting. How many are there? There are five. So they are Bear Story, which is about a sad bear and his mechanical diorama, which looks very sweet. Uh, Prologue, which is set 2,400 years ago and tells the story of two Spartans and two Athenian warriors fighting to the death while observed by a little girl. (laughs) (laughs) What's wrong with these films? It sounds like Um, a lot of plot. Well, a short film can be up to about an hour or can be 15 minutes, so Ah. they vary a little bit. Um, then Sanjay's Super Team, which some people may have seen because it was played before The Good Dinosaur in uh, theatrical mm. presentations of that, uh, which is by far the best part of The Good Dinosaur, <laughs> which is really the average dinosaur, but Sanjay's Super Team is very good. Um, then We Can't Live Without Cosmos, which is a comedy short about two trainee cosmonaut friends. And then World of Tomorrow by Don Hertzfeldt, um, who's previously Oscar-nominated for his film Rejected. He's made numerous short films featuring his stick people. People probably might be able to recognise um, his particular style of animation. Uh, and his film It's Such a Beautiful Day is on Netflix at the moment. That one's about an hour long. Mm. Um, so you can check that one out, see if it's something you might be interested in. Um, but they all look lovely and I think really diverse subject matter as well. And what I really like about animation is that they can be very universal. You don't have to have necessarily dubbing or subtitles. Sometimes you don't need to have any words at all, and especially in the short films, and they can tell us so much. 
But that's on tomorrow night at 7.45 at the Avenon Health and Wellbeing Centre. Tickets are £7 or £4 if you're a member of the Film Society. I definitely also take a look at their uh, programme for the rest of the year because it looks really good. You can become a member and then you get to go along to all the films. Awesome. Cool. Is it uh, child-friendly animation or is there so more? Uh, I'm not sure about all of these. Some of them definitely are. Uh, you might need to check the certificates. I'm not sure about the one with the Athenian warriors and stuff. Oh. <laughs> so on now, uh, we have Creation Theatre in Blackwells, um, and they've uh, staged things there a couple of times before. Um, this time it's King Lear, and it's another of the Creation productions with a very small team of actors. Uh, this time there are five of them. So Henry V, they did a, a couple of summers ago with just three people. And that was really funny. And some of the comedy sort of character changes where they slip from one person to another were, were really done for amusement. And I'm wondering how on earth that's going to work with King Lear because mm. presumably it's much darker. Um, and there's uh, Morgan Philpot, who was in Henry V. He's taking on five roles in uh, King Lear. <laughs> Um, and Natasha Rickman is playing both Goneril and Regan. Oh, so wow. It's going to be quite interesting. <laughs> um, and King Lear himself is played by Max Gold, who's um, done quite a lot of work with the RSC, but I don't think he's worked with creation. Oh, and Lucy Pearson, who plays Cordelia, has been in an all-female Henry V. So it's mm. interesting bunch they've got there. So there's going to be a low stage and then raised seats around the outside. Most of the seats are quite high, and then seats in the gallery as well. So you're looking right down on this world. King Lear, of course, is about... Um, dividing up the kingdom between the daughters and what a bad idea it is to believe flattery and deceit um, and uh, how you should value the truth instead. Um, apparently there was once a, a much lighter ending to it during the Ooh. restoration. They wrote a happy oh. ending because they didn't like the dark. Is that a spoiler, Jen? Have you given that but, away? Uh, I, well, I think we're going back to the uh, more vicious, power-hungry mm. version here. <laughs> Um, I wonder, I got on and Regan, the original sort of ugly step- stepsister kind of characters. Oh, they compared do to Cinderella. have that kind of, yeah, mm. power triumvirate. Maybe Shakespeare was inspired by yeah, the Brothers Grimm stepsisters. I think they might have come first. I think they've all come out of the same tradition of, yeah, mm. semi-mythic. Apparently King Lear is a sort of pre-Roman king in Britain. Uh. Mythic, legendary, probably wasn't real... Ooh. I remember I remember once getting a question wrong in a pub quiz because it was asking about the different monarchs, uh, real British monarchs that were in the title of Shakespeare plays, and I didn't put down King Lear because uh, I didn't think it was a real one. <laughs> apparently it is, or based on one of these. I would definitely have got that wrong. Yeah. <laughs> so that's on until the 19th of March, uh, recommended for ages 11 plus. Um, the tickets are sort of between 16 and £28, pounds, depending on how close you want to sit to the stage. Um, and there are also £10 tickets which are standing and also £10 tickets for wheelchair users. Um, and uh, they're celebrating 20 years of creation, 50 years of the Norrington Room and 400 years since Shakespeare's death. So it sounds like a jolly mm. good excuse for a bit of a hooli. <laughs> now for the foodies among you, or maybe just the beer drinkers, there is a beer and sausage festival happening at the Cricketers Arms in Wheatley starting on Friday and going on until Sunday. I'm livid I can't go to this. I'm away this weekend and I seem to miss it every year. <laughs> Maybe next year. <laughs> they have a huge range of local ales. Ooh, sound delicious. And quite a good range of ciders and perries and scrumpy. Do they have more beers or more sausages? More sausages. <laughs> really? That was not Just the answer about. I was expecting. <laughs> I know. I'm, I was very impressed at the range of sausages. So 
Have they paired them in a gourmet sort of way? We recommend this. No, they haven't. But I'm hoping they will once, you know, they work out what goes with what. They'll just have to try everything, I guess. Um, So they've got the sort of standard ones, you know, venison, selection of veggie sausages, traditional, and then they get a bit odd. So there's pork and curry. Ooh. Yeah. Ale and cheese, Malaysian chicken, Duck with brandy and marmalade. Oh my god! I wow. Know. Feta cheese, olive, and tomato. <laughs> Moroccan and uh, Thai sausage, and Satan sausage. You're making me both hungry and more angry that I can't go. <laughs> Sounds amazing. Where do they find them? Well, that's the thing. I'm not really sure. I think it's from the from Oxfordshire, so it must be local butchers who are producing these amazing sausages. There is the sausage. Butcher in the covered market. So yeah. some of them must have come from him, but I'd never seen sauce Satan the sausage. No, <laughs> uh, there's a warning about that one. Apparently, it's very, very hot. <laughs> um, yeah, there is a really good selection of vegetarian sausages as well. So don't fear if you're not inclined towards meat. There'll be music from the Kinetic Viscounts on Saturday evening, and it's free. So yeah, what's your excuse? Go along and try all the sausage. So that's the Beer and Sausage Festival at the Cricketers Arms in Wheatley from Friday until Sunday. Uh, most days it starts at 12pm and it's free. And there's an excellent bus service to, from Wheatley, so if you don't yes. want to drink all that scrumpy and then try and wobble your way home. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you're interested in some music for the weekend, though, on Saturday afternoon at the Old Fire Station, the interactive quartet are going to be playing. Um, so this is a quartet called St Paul's Quartet um, but, and they're going to be performing Haydn's Opus 20 number 4 but afterwards they're going to be offering a chance to get involved uh, in a hands-on way through demos and games exploring the music that they've just been playing and some of the techniques they've been using um, so I'm not they don't really go into too much more detail I'm not exactly sure they're going to be handing you their fiddle to have a go <laughs> but um, it, should be, it would be interesting anyway to see um, it sounds really great because I think there are, yeah, lots of times when you go and see something and you think afterwards, oh, it'd be really nice to have a go at that, and then mm. sort of we don't organise yeah, it. Yeah, we'll just chat to them about it as well. Yeah. yeah. I think it'd be interesting if you're a musician or even if you're not. And it's recommended for pretty much all ages. They suggest maybe not under six. Um, I suppose they could might be a bit too excited with the music <laughs> <Did> playing. <you> <laughs> yeah, but that's on at the Old Fire Station on Saturday, 2.30. Tickets are £8, £7 concessions, or £28 for a family of four. Cool. Um, next week, uh, the uh, Russian State Ballet of Siberia are coming to the new theatre. They're quite regular visitors, um, and this time they are coming with the Snow Maiden, Giselle and Swan Lake. Now, Giselle and Swan Lake have definitely been before, but Snow Maiden, I think, is a new ballet, and certainly a new production. So, Monday night, the Snow Maiden, it's based on a Russian fairy tale, and it features the maiden who is made of snow, the dancing snowflakes, and Father Frost, and you can just <laughs> picture this currently all in white. But it's a, it's a tale a bit like The Little Mermaid. I think it's quite sad. Uh, the Snow Maiden is tempted by the bright colours of the village, but you oh, know what's oh, going to no. happen when she meets you and loves and Melt! <laughs> A puddle, puddle maiden. <laughs> <laughs> Hasn't quite got the same ring to it, has it? <laughs> I think in Russian it's called something like Snegorchen. <laughs> I'm not sure how you pronounce that. Um, Tuesday night is Giselle, 
Um, this is one of my favourite ballets. This is absolutely lovely. It's much more sort of story-driven. A lot of ballets have a kind of set piece where all of the village maidens dance 15 different dances of different nationalities. Blah, blah, blah. Um, this one's got much more sort of narrative thread to it. It's about a poor girl who dies of a broken heart when the man she's in love with, she finds his promise to another. And so she joins the uh, Vili, who are a type of spirit, again, a Russian spirit, and they're all girls who've died before their wedding day. So they're sort mm. of young, broken hearts. And so they wreak vengeance on all the men <laughs> and lure them to their death and then cause them to dance until they fall over and all the rest of it. Sounds uh, savage. <laughs> it's really sounds great, great. fun. <laughs> um, and that's choreographed by Marius Petipa, who also choreographs The Nutcracker. And on Wednesday is Swan Lake. That's probably the best known of these ballets. Um, swans obviously are excellent, so ballerinas as well, mm. perfect stuff subject sort of good and bad tussle over each other if you haven't seen black swan yeah. film incidentally i do recommend that as an updated version of swan Lake. <laughs> yes, yes. So good. Good great fun. cool so those are monday to wednesday next week um snow maiden and giselle are both on at 7 30 swan lake on wednesday is on at 2 30 and 7 30 so although it's not half term i suspect some lucky children may is come out of school break the bank going to ballet well it's between 20 and 47 pounds well that's not so bad so mm. it's not terrible it's you know as a once every year extravaganza mm. <laughs> just about doable on tuesday the university of oxford's annual lgbt history month lecture is happening it's called a great unrecorded history lgbtq heritage and world cultures this lecture is being presented by R.B. Parkinson and he's a professor of Egyptology and he wrote A Little Gay History, Desire and Diversity Across the World. So in his book it explores the culture of same-sex desire and how it has always existed, including in ancient Egypt where um, there's a story about one male god attempting to seduce another male god with the chat-up line, what a lovely backside you have. I can just imagine that in pictograms. Yes. (laughs) Um, And how same-sex desire has always existed, but the idea that desire defines a person's identity is perhaps a modern phenomenon. I think it's quite interesting to explore that in gods, because then you get all the history written down and it's not... um, it's not a question of whether it's sort of legal or desirable behaviour yeah. because it's it's just it's there. there in the culture. Yeah. So yes, he'll be giving a lecture and there is a drinks reception afterwards. If you can't make it, then they will be filming it, so I'm sure it'll be able you'll be able to catch up online. So that's a great unrecorded history, LGBTQ heritage in world cultures at the Andrew Wilds building, which is in the Radcliffe Observatory quarter off the Woodstock Road on Tuesday at 6pm and it's free. If you want to see some feature-length cinema this week, though, uh, I've got a pick for for you. Uh, so A Bigger Splash is loosely based on the 1969 Italian-French film La Piscine um, and named after a David Hockney painting. Oh. People might be able to picture that right now. It stars Tilda Swinton as a famous rock star who's uh, just had throat surgery and is on holiday with her filmmaker boyfriend, played by Matthias Schoenartz, uh, to recuperate. Um, when her ex-flame Ray Fiennes turns up 
with his uh, newly discovered daughter, played by Dakota Johnson. Um, so Tilda Swinton can barely speak in the film because of the surgery, uh, while Ray Fiennes can barely keep his mouth shut, it looks like. Um, and they're all generally quite annoying people to be around. Um, I think you, you wouldn't want to be there in the beautiful setting with the pool and the sea and everything with them, but it's quite fun to watch them there just rubbing each other up the wrong way as everything gets all heightened and intense and um, maybe some other strange things might happen towards the end of the film as well. Does David Hockney appear in this film in any <laughs> No, I think they... If you see the poster of the film, it's these very glamorous shots of Ray Fiennes and Tilda Swinton and Matty Schoenetz and Dakota Johnson. I think that's to try and convince you that it's not just a really, really art house film named after a painting and adapted from a <laughs> 60s European <laughs> thriller. <laughs> But uh, yeah, it's got it's been getting really good reviews, or and at the very least, I think it would be an interesting watch, even if you don't end up actually liking it. It's going to be on at the Phoenix every day today, and running all of the next Cinema Week, which runs from Friday, as well. Um, so check the times on Daily Info uh, for that one, and for many, uh, and for all the other films that are on in Oxford. Also, just because I'm a bit lame, I totted up the number of Oscar nominated uh, Oscar nominations between the five films playing at the Ultimate Picture Palace this week, and they've got 25. So <laughs> go to anything on at the UPP. <laughs> I think it's Room, The Big Short, The Revenant, A War, and The Gospel According to Matthew, which is a 60s film that had three nominations. Amazing. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hoping the UPP are going to get Rams in, in due course. They are. It's coming in a few weeks. It. <laughs> is this a different version of Ray Fiennes in this film from uh, Grand Budapest Hotel and then the film that's coming up about him uh, playing a filmmaker? Well, yeah, I think it's definitely him indulging side of him that likes to explore with comedy. And there's mm. a, a, quite a long sequence in it where he's doing a kind of Mick Jagger-esque dance around a pool. <laughs> And I think a lot of that is Ray Fiennes, not necessarily his character. He just left the cameras rolling. <laughs> yeah, the choreographer wanted to bring it out of him rather than give him any moves to use. So maybe that's enough to go watch it alone. Definitely. <laughs> if you've enjoyed listening to us ramble about events happening in Oxford this week, make sure to subscribe to our podcast so it gets delivered to your device every week. You can do so through iTunes or any other podcast provider. For up-to-date information... Do be sure to follow us on all the social media platforms. We're on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter to search Daily Info Oxford. Cool. On next week's podcast, we'll be talking to Dance in Oxford uh, about the upcoming festival and also about the Oud's new writing festival. Mm. Thanks for listening. Mm. Mm. Daily, daily, daily info. Mm. Daily, daily, daily info. Mm. Daily, daily, daily info.